Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku to You, the podcast where three friends come together and bring you what is new in the Japanese music industry. This is the week of Thursday, July 8th of 2021. I'm your host, Luna, and today we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? All right, all right, all right. It is back to Dos Compadres temporarily. Ken does have some family matters he is still attending to, but we hope to have him back soon. Actually, probably next week. So stay tuned to that. And with that, Gray, what have you been listening to? Yeah, I have been listening to some pretty interesting stuff. And by interesting, I mean probably only interesting to me and nobody else. But yeah, uh, I have been listening to this week's MC, which we will get to. It's a very interesting MC, and I'm glad Luna picked it. So I can't wait to talk about that. I really got the urge two days ago. I had uh, Anata from Homemade Kazuku stuck in my head for reasons I have yet to figure out because I went with two years without hearing that song and then one day it's just stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out. So I started listening to Homemade Kazuku like two days ago and just going back to the, uh, through their Greatest Hits album, which is really good. And I really miss those guys. Uh, they need to make a comeback ASAP. That would be fantastic. And while I was there, I started listening to, you know, some old Ivy, I-V-V-Y. Uh, just enjoying some of their old stuff too. I still need to listen to their latest album that dropped in December and just, man, it's just, I had the opportunity this week and I still passed it up. I, I'm not, I'm not being a good fan at the moment. And one of the more interesting things that I decided I wanted to check out because I was, I got curious. I was like, man, you know, I haven't heard anything from High Five in a while. Let me go see if they have like something new out or anything like that. And they have not dropped anything since March of last year. So I'm mildly depressed that High Five hasn't done anything in a while. And I, I love those guys. And I hope they come back soon because I really miss that. So I went back and I listened to all six of the High Five songs that, that are available and enjoyed all six of them. And... Yeah, uh, other than that, uh, you know, just the same old stuff that I have been listening to. Uh, we have a very interesting topic that we're also going to be talking about today that I've been listening to. So we will talk about that later. But other than that, nothing too crazy. Luna, I am very interested. What have you been listening to? So like with Gray, MC and our topic, which we'll get to super excited about those. However, along the other lines, I recently went back and start listening to Benny again, aka Arashiro Benny, her former stage name. But I was listening to when she did change it to Benny. And mainly her bitter and sweet album I started out with. So I have all most of her live DVDs. I'm missing maybe a few and I'm trying to get them. And that made me go back and pull out her albums that I have, which I have them all besides the best. And I just forgot how much I love her. One, she's really good live. And two, she has some catchy songs, especially under Benny. Kiss, Kiss, Kiss. Koi Kogarate. I love Stardust. Kira Kira. Zuto Futari Day. And, I mean, there's so many more. Yuta Yuta, Gimme Gimme, Girls Night, Kimi Jana Kya. And I just kind of went through the live tours I had, and it was a bittersweet, Love Box, and Jewel, 
So those are the three I currently have. I am missing Fortune and Red, MTV Unplugged, a few others, I think. I need to look on my list of what I'm missing. But it was really good going back and listening to Benny because I love her voice. And I'm going to go back under her old stage name as well, probably next week. And, inter- and listen to the difference just because you can hear a musical style change big time from very poppy and I mean like sugary pop to R&B, R&B more. And I loved when she did change styles because I think it suited her voice way more. However, I still will have a lot of her older tracks and I'm, I'm working my way through all her albums. So you'll hear more on this. And with Benny, I've also been listening to Ballistic Boys. I hadn't listened to them in quite some time, and I actually went back and listened to their song Animal, and I greatly liked that single. I thought all three tracks, Animal, Life is a Party, and Highway, were fantastic. And I also listened to their Antihero single, but I my favorite song was Strangers on there. So it's been nice going back and listening to them because it's been quite some time. And it's really because they have a new single dropping soon and they put one of their songs up for it called Hands Up and they got the music video and that got me to dive back into them. So it's been a treat re-listening to them. I forget how good their vocals and their rap are. And also was listening to an artist called Edward. Uh, parentheses me and Ken sent me this and her single free is fantastic I am in love with it it is a super chill track if you haven't heard of her check it out she does more in the hip-hop rap side she's amazing also went back to another Ken favorite we he sends me way too much good stuff and it is presence by Stutz and Takakomatsu which we did bring up last week if you didn't check it out in regards to albums fantastic ep i can listen to that song over and over in every different version uh also went back to i and mainly her not so different featuring a witch i've had both versions the original and the remix stuck in my head just such a great song and it really fits with everything that goes on in the world and this track shows so much love and just makes you feel really good inside and, of course, I went back to Amelia's new track, Kono Yumega Semedumade, featuring new Shida Brothers. I still love the composition. It is just phenomenal. And I'm actually thinking about buying a physical copy. So I went back to Cream. I always go back to Cream every week because they are part of my summer mix. I have to have them in there. Also, since I took a little bit of a longer drive on the 4th, I forced my husband to listen to Kenshi Yunezu, which he didn't mind. I, I really like Yunezu Kenshi, and I wanted to re-listen to Stray Sheep, especially with Pale Blue just dropping. And I forgot how perfect of an album Stray Sheep is, just how the songs flow together, the composition. I also forgot how much I love Flamingo, and it's probably now my favorite song by him. It's just such a fun track, and all the little things you catch whenever you re-listen to it. And also forced him to listen to Tomomi Itano, her swag album, which has been on repeat in my car. And I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing four of the same songs in a row. Because the last four songs in that album are fantastic. Swagalicious, 
Jump Around and Crush. I had those all on repeat. I'm sure my sister and my husband hate me. I kept going back and playing the same song over. I wish if Tomomi Itano was on Apple Music. She is not and it makes me sad because her swag album is really good and I recommend it. I bought it for Dear Jay and I love the whole album and I'm not a that was about when I liked AKB and then when she went solo I ended up really liking some of her solo works and going back and revisiting it has been a treat and that's another big one I recommend as well and then I went back to listen to some Rihanna just because I love Rihanna even though she's not you know Japanese music but with that that's Pretty much what I've been listening to. We are going to go on to a special bit of news that we want to bring up. And this is something I highly recommend everyone checking out. So YouTube Japan revealed their YouTube Music Weekend timetable. And this takes place. It begins on Friday, July 16th. And it goes to Friday, goes to Sunday, July 18th. And it is three days of all music, all live, and it starts Friday early, starts at 16.50, and we're going all by military time, because I know everyone has different time zones. So this is Japan Standard Time, and I'm going to put Japan Standard Time military. So just have to kind of configure to where you're at. We do have this article up on our website, but I want to highlight some of the artists that they're showing, because there's going to be 54 artists in total. And it is one of the largest Japanese live streaming concerts to date. So this is a big deal. And day one on Friday, I'm just going to name a few of these. We got Awesome City Club. We got the Rampage from Exile Tribe. You got NMB48. You also got Sanda Meiji Soul Brothers. And you got a Yumi Hamazaki. I would love to catch a lot of these artists. There's so many good ones. Saturday, to name a few, you got Mukai Taichi. You got Generations from Exile Tribe. You got Kyari Piami Piami. You got Shishamo. You got Glay. And many more. I mean, it's packed. And then on Sunday, you got Tani Yuki. You got Lucky Tapes. You got Onitsuka Chihiro. You got JP the Wave. You got Creepy Nuts. You got Dragon Ash. Macedonian Pizza. Vondi. Superfly. Imer. And Hikaru Tada to round that off. And it is just an amazing list when you look at the full live. And also, there's going to be VTubers from the company Hololive and Niji Sanji as well during their midnight slots on Friday and Saturday. So, I mean, this is just chock full. I am hoping to catch a lot of these if I can. I don't know if I will due to work schedule, but I'm going to do my best to hit up as many because this is just an amazing lineup. And even just catching one of these performances would be amazing. So another interesting thing, all these performances will be a premium video release and will drop on the artist's own channels, which is super cool. So you can just go to their channels and check it out. I highly recommend you uh, looking at the article on our site. We got the full list on there and mark your calendars for starting July 16th. Yeah, it really looks like a fun event. Sadly, I'll be at the beach and uh, there's just so much going on. I'll be with the new family and the new wife and I, I really doubt I'll have time to check it out. Like we're coming in 
Saturday. So I might be able, maybe, I don't hold me to anything, but I might be able to check out the Sunday stuff. It just depends on how everything kind of falls in, but I doubt I'll be able to check it out. But if you get the opportunity to look into this, uh, definitely check it out because it looks like it's going to be a good time. And like Luna said, there's a lot of really great artists that's going to be here that uh, we talk about all the time on the show. So it'll be a lot of fun to see them and it's pretty cool. Definitely. So with that, we're going to move on to our topic this week, which I am stoked about. And it was a hard decision for me because there's so many that fall into this category. But it is to someone who listens to female rap slash hip hop artist, what is a grouper artist would you recommend? And did I mention female? Because we just did female this week. So I'm going to start with mine. And I chose Komachi. She has been around for quite some time, actually. I got into her during her Love Me Please album. And the first track I personally heard with her in it was Love at First Sight featuring Komachi and Aoyama Teruma. And I was a huge Aoyama Teruma fan, which is why I listened to it. And it was actually featured on Aoyama Teruma's Love 2 collabo album. And I, once I heard Komachi's rap in it, I thought, I gotta check her out. She has a great rhythm, and I like the style of this track. So I looked her up, and I started watching some of her videos on YouTube. And I just fell in love with her music, as I thought it was very interesting. And she also did a track called Future Cheka, and it's featuring Komachi, Simon, and Taru. So it's actually a Katomilia song. And she was a featuring artist as well. And that was one of the other big exposures I had, as well as Thelma. And I just, I love Komachi's rapping. And that was another reason I started diving into her and finding more about her in general. And the first album I did listen to in full was Love Me Please, which is really good. I will say my favorite track off that will always be Love at First Sight. And plus, it has a 90s R&B feel. And the reason I say that, because the compositions just sounds like a song by the group Black. And it was called Bring It All To Me. I grew up in that era, the 90s, 2000s, listen to that type of music. And I, I love that feel. And you can tell Love at First Sight was inspired by that. So after after I started checking more out of her music, I ended up picking... I did buy a lot of her albums, actually. I loved her Red Naked and Beauty or the Beast. Those are my two top albums by Komachi. I think they're just downright solid as she does a... Not only does she do rap, she can sing. Vocal-wise, she actually has decent vocals. However, I prefer her rap because she makes it flow so well and she's just a phenomenal rapper and how she does it. And she also, I think her tracks in general, composition-wise, do fit her. And she does a good way of mixing East and West. She's not too West, but she also doesn't have that full East in there. And I like that about her because a lot of Japanese hip-hop artists or rap artists have been doing more of the Western style, which is, I, I do cater to that. And I'm going to be honest, I've always catered to it. But Komachi is one of those that I would say she doesn't really do that. And she also can jump out 
of rap and mix-in vocals and can go with a lot of styles. So I found her very interesting and she's still not super well-known and she wasn't well-known back then either, which surprises me. But off Red Naked, I mean, I will say I had a couple favorite songs. He Meets You, Name Tag, Girls, Girls, Perfect Angel is probably one of my favorite all-time tracks by her just because of the lyrics are really good. And it is a slower song by her. So you hear her vocals in it, but her rap is very, very good. And despite it being a heavy hip-hop song, you still feel all the emotion in Perfect Angel, despite the rap mixture. And I love that she brings that to a rap hip-hop song. Not to say that they don't make you feel emotional, but Perfect Angel does hit this special spot that makes you feel so much and relate to it. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons I absolutely love that track. Also, Do What You Like is a very fun, upbeat hip-hop track. Same with Boys Boys from her Beauty or the Beast album. If you like more of a upbeat, upbeat, fast-paced style, and I think Komachi has a perfect cadence with her rap. So I gravitate toward those. They are a little repetitive, but for me, they're just fun, and that was the style that it was back then. I mean, these albums came out in 09, 010, and you can still hear she brings a good early 2000s flavor, some 90s flavor, and I just, I think she does it very well. I will say I hadn't listened to her in quite some time. I always stick to my top three albums, and that's Beauty or the Beast, Love Me Please and Red Naked. So going back and finding out, she had a lot of recent releases that I missed. And her newest one actually dropped this year called Shades of Yellow EP. So I was pleasantly surprised to see she still does music, which I kind of had a feeling she did. I follow her on Instagram. And New Day is the song that I absolutely love off Shades of Yellow. I think it was, out of all the songs on that, it was my favorite her rap in it is very, very good. It's a little more chill and it feels toned down compared to the music she she made when I got into her. But I like hearing that softer side of her. And I fell in love with that one. I also thought Hark featuring Indie Genoese was pretty good too. I will say I'm glad she came back with something that shows off her different arrays in the uh, rap hip hop scene. Because a lot of artists don't always do that. And she changed it up. If you go and listen to all her albums, it's amazing to see what she's done and how she's changed it. And this topic is a good reason why I got to revisit her. And I've never been so happy about that. And I will say one of the other tracks I want to highlight off Beauty and the Beast is her Step Up track. And if you're not a big fan of hip hop or rap... I recommend it because it has a very poppy composition. When she does sing, it is more poppy and upbeat, but her rap is freaking phenomenal. And that's where the rap hip hop aspect comes in and she knocks it out of the park. But if you're not into rap, that would be the song I would recommend for people not into that style because it will easy make you flow, especially if you're a pop fan. Now, if you like more of the hardcore rap, check out Red Naked because that album is lit. And it's still, like, 
one of the ones I go for fire. And same with Beauty of the Beast. I cannot recommend those albums as a whole enough. And great. So this was your first exposure to Komachi. And I, I know she's more indie and she doesn't do as much as some of the bigger artists we've seen. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on her. Yeah, uh, she was definitely an interesting pick. And I wound up, it, it was a really, is a mixed bag for me with Komachi. She does have some really good tracks that I did wind up enjoying. Songs like uh, Perfect Angel, I thought were fantastic. And Step Up, I thought was also another wonderful track. Her, uh, it's technically not her track. She's featured on it, but uh, Future Cheka I thought was really good. And that's a fun track. Uh, so uh, she she is really good. She's got really good flow. She has really good uh, musical sense, and uh, she also has a really good voice. Uh, she doesn't always flex it, but when she does, she she certainly knows how to do it. I do think she's a stronger rapper than singer, but uh, she can do both, and I, I respect that deeply. And uh, the thing that really got me with uh, Komachi is sometimes like her compositions that she chooses to work with aren't my thing but it's you know it's kind of the thing i run into with hip-hop and r&b i'm very particular about the hip-hop and uh, rap stuff that i do enjoy so I, I was expecting to have like a couple of tracks that were a little bit more western in sense and just a little bit more not to my taste but I still think she's really talented, and I think she was a really good pick. And especially if you're not as picky as I am about your hip hop and rap, I think she's a solid pick. And I, I would, I, I thought she was a great recommendation. So I'm glad you picked her. Thank you. And great. I'm curious, who did you end up going with? Yeah. So I went with somebody who uh, was recommended to me <laughs> a long time ago. And that was Aya, a.k.a. Panda. That, that's her full title. It's not Panda. It's not Aya. It's Aya, a.k.a. Panda. And I, I went with her, Ken. I was wanting to find a female rap artist to cover for Music Corner. And this is one of the artists that Ken had recommended that I check out. And I wound up liking her quite a lot, actually. Uh, I, I will go ahead and warn you, if you're not into auto-tuning, I don't know if Aya, a.k.a. Panda, is the rapper for you. But I, I, I'm i not the biggest fan of auto-tuning, but I don't know. Over the past couple of years of having to cover it on the show, I've wound up kind of, I wouldn't say getting used to it, but it doesn't bother me as much. And I'm able to enjoy it just a little bit more. So Aya, a.k.a. Panda, she uh, comes from... The five-member group, uh, Sick Chicks, uh, with the seven, S7, Ick Chicks, uh, you know, because it's it's the cool thing. Uh, they, they broke up years ago. All of them, I think, have pretty much went solo at this point. But just real quick, if you're curious, uh, who all was in Sick Chicks? It was Lipstorm. Another lady, a different Aya, but uh, that, that threw me and Luna pre-show we were talking about it and we found out there was two ayas because at first i was like yeah every every source i can find says there's a there are five member group but i only see four but yeah so there was aya aka panda and then there was another girl named aya uh casper and then fuziko was the last member of the group 
and uh, they they were together through 2018, and they decided to part ways. And Aya, aka Panda, has just been working on her solo stuff ever since. And I I I, I did. I wound up liking her stuff. She doesn't have a lot to listen to, which is another reason why I kind of recommend her. I you know you, you can sit down and listen to her whole discography in 30 to 40 minutes and you know i think it's good uh she tends to work with more of a um, traditional style composition which is why i really was drawn to aya aka panda that was one of the things that i that again that's what that's one of the things i'm picky over is i like a more traditional composition over the modern minimalistic compositions that we that we tend to get songs like again is just a really good track and it really shows off her rapping in that song ano koro kara emo is another really good track and that was on her first mini album or first album uh i don't want to i don't want to do anything was a a personal track that i found very relatable that i i thoroughly enjoyed and thought it was really good and I, I, I did. I wound up really liking Aya, aka Panda, and I, I never kind of got around doing her as a music corner. So I, since we were doing this topic, I thought now would be a good time to do Aya, aka Panda. Uh, I know, Luna, you're familiar with uh, Sick Chicks, so I'm curious. Did you like Aya's, uh, Aya, aka Panda's solo work more, or did you like Sick Chicks a bit more? So, first of all, I think I'm the one who recommended Aya aka Panda. I don't think Ken did. I think Ken and me, I think you switched us because Ken remembered Sick Chicks. More so, I got into Aya aka Panda and I did know who Sick Chicks were, but I didn't, like, consistently listen to them. I do like them. I do have some issues with some of their songs because they ripped off a Mariah Carey song. They literally stole the composition and just put rap to it. I wouldn't say stole, but they borrowed the composition. And it's obviously a Mariah Carey song. Dude, I know that song anywhere. But I, I, it's hard to say because I love Sick Chicks as a group. And I think all of them as rappers are fantastic. And I do think Aya AK Panda as a solo artist has done very well. And I think it's because of one, like you said, her compositions are very well. They're very good. And she knows how to utilize that. I do agree with the auto-tuning. That's my only gripe with her is there's way too much auto-tuning. But, I mean, I I do agree. I Don't Want to Do Anything is one of my favorite songs. That's also on her 2020 album. And she had another track that, Believe in Yourself, that I thought was fantastic. And that's off her first album, Anemone. And you hear more of her rap in that than anything. And I wish if she went full out rapping in more tracks like Believe Yourself. Because it shows just her style and I love that. Not to say that I don't like the style now because it's more of a chill rap. And sometimes it's in between that rap slash vocals and she's sometimes hard to describe if you want to go hip-hop or rap depending on what she does but I like her chill style I also thought Anokoro Karaima was pretty good phone number was really good um Miss You I think was one of my favorite tracks along with Still I think that 
is maybe my top one off 2020. So I did enjoy her and I was pretty familiar with her beforehand. Although I will say out of all the members of Sick Chicks, I, as a rapper, I like Lipstorm better. But I also think it's because I've watched some of Lipstorm's full out Tokyo Drift style where she just goes hardcore and just does freestyle rap. And when she did that, I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, this girl's amazing. So I checked out a lot of her solo work, which is great. And she is very Americanized, which I'm okay with. I like that style, especially lyrical. I think Aya AK Panda does a really good job of taking East and West and mixing them together. More so than Lipstorm, you can definitely tell is that more Western style. Same with Casper. I haven't listened to Fusico's solo stuff yet. I do want to do that. I know most of them haven't had any new solo works except uh, Lipstorm and IAEK Panda. So I am looking forward to see what she'll do this year. She's dropped a few music videos. No new tracks yet, but I'm waiting for it because she's a pretty active artist. And I've enjoyed what I've heard. And I'm just curious to see what else she's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I did mix you two up and I'm so sorry about that. It's I, I can't keep my head on straight most days, but I am glad that you you recommended Aya Aya aka Panda because yeah, like a, I know for me it is like composition is the thing that makes or breaks a lot of songs for me. And sometimes even though like if there's like a rapper that I really like their style, if I don't like their if the composition, I just I just have a hard time enjoying the music. So, for, for I know I'm weird. I'm, I think I'm like one of the few people that are like that. But uh, and I do want to check out more of Sick Chicks because you you never know what you might you know find what you might like. But I just haven't gotten around to it. But yeah. I, I did. I, I really wound up enjoying Aya, a.k.a. Panda, and I was like, well, you know, since I, I enjoyed her and I'm very picky about my rap that I like, I figure, uh, you know, somebody else out there will enjoy her. So I I, I recommend Aya, a.k.a. Panda. She, she, she's really good. Like I said, auto-tune. That's like the only thing. But other than that, I, I really liked her. And I think you did a good job of saying she does a good job of bridging the East and the West. I... I didn't think to mention that, but once you, I heard you say it, I felt like that was a really good comment to, to add. So, Yeah, and especially with modern day rap and hip hop, it's very difficult to do. I think back years ago, you saw more of it, but now you do see more of a Western style. And a lot of rap and hip hop in Japan was very underground for quite some time. And that's why Komachi, I wouldn't even say it was indie. She was more underground when I got into her. And she's very difficult to find. Same with like Simon. And there's many more TAs. And I mean, I can. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other rappers. But there's a lot of rappers that were underground because they had a super Western style. And. Now it's becoming more, I would say, more popular. But you see a you see a mixture of the East and the West. Sometimes it's more Western. So I think Aya, aka Panda, does a very good job of doing that mixture, which is hard to do. Some artists change it and go one way more than the other. So 
But I, I, I recommend both. I think you get something unique out of both artists, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. And uh, both artists have a pretty different style. So you you can really check out both artists and kind of get like a gambit of, of you know, female rap. So I think I think it was a, a good topic for the week. Yes, it was. Did you have any other questions? Is there a collaboration you would like Komachi to do that you haven't seen yet? I can think of a couple just because she, I think she collaborates very well. And you hear that in Future Cheka and Love at First Sight. Personally, I would like to see her done, do one with Hiromi. And Hiromi is an R&B artist that I'm a huge fan of. But I think they would mesh very well style-wise. And they'd put out an interesting track. I also would like to see Komachi do something with Minmi. And the reason I say that is Minmi's reggae and dancehall. And Komachi's dipped into the reggae style. And I would love to see a collaboration with Komachi's rap in there. And I think she could mix some of that reggae vibe as well that she's been working on over the last couple of years. So I think that would be a very interesting one as well. And also, I'd like to see Komachi do one with A Witch just because two big female rappers, A Witch is super hot right now. My only thing, I can't see A Witch and Komachi doing something because their rap styles are vastly different. But it would be a very interesting and possibly weird combination. I would want to hear that. Usually it's the combinations that make the least sense on paper that wound up working the best. So I can see that. So I, I do think Komachi, I loved her collaboration with Kriva called One on One. And they did such a good back and forth with it. So I, if she collaborated with another rapper like A-Witch, that would be a very good way to do one. But A, I mean, they're both can do vocals, which is great. So I go back and forth, but if Komachi did one with A-Witch, I would want to see a rap-on-rap style, kind of like a rap battle. I think that would be super interesting. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, I can't see it happening, but it would be really cool. So I think Komachi, though, for collaboration-wise, I like her more when she does something with a vocalist because it sh- makes her rap shine a lot more, and it really puts a punch in that song, so... Uh, what about you for IAAK Panda? Is there an artist you could see her collaborating with in the future? Or is there a type of track you would like to see her cover? Would you like to see her do like a full out rap track? Something ch- more chill? Uh, more ballad like? I'm, I mean, I really like where she's at. And I'm, I'm really afraid of her mixing it up too much. Because uh, I, I just I have such very specific tastes. I'm, I'm like, if you venture too far outside of it, I don't know if I'd like it anymore or not. And I like where she's at. I just wish she would drop the auto-tuning, personally. But I I, I can't... I hadn't thought of anybody uh, that I would like to see her perform with. Uh, her style, her compositions that she works with reminds me a little bit of Rude Alpha's compositions. So, like, maybe those two getting together doing something might would be pretty cool. I think that would be kind of fun. But... I don't even think they're under the same record label. So not that they have to be under the same record label to collaborate, but yeah, I I think those two maybe would be like, 
I could see doing. Maybe if I th maybe doing like a if she could do like a song with Daichi Miura, I think that also might would be really cool because he, he writes really good dance tracks, and I think she could work well with that, and I think that would be kind of fun. So yeah. That'd be very interesting. And one collaboration, I don't know why I didn't think of this for Komachi, is Chanmina. And I actually could see them working very well together, Chanmina and Komachi, because of their styles. Yeah. And I didn't think of that before, but as I was thinking, Chanmina does a lot of collaboration work. And especially since Komachi's been around for quite some time, I would love to see something like that. But that's just me. Or I'd like to see her do another track with Milia. I'd love to see her come back for something. All right. So with that, we are going to move on to our music corner. And it is a complete genre shift. So hold on to your pants or shorts or whatever you got on. And I had the range this week. I'm pretty excited about this one. I have been on this genre shift lately. And I chose Brideer. And I'm going to say I hope I said this right. I'm assuming it's Bride Deer, although whenever I see their name, I always think I see Deer and I see Bride, so I think Deer Bride. But I went with them. Bride Deer is a all five, all female five member metal band from Fukuoka that formed between about 2011 2012. I've seen various things from their official website to their UK website, state different time periods. So I'm just gonna say between 2011 and 2012. Their current members are Kimi on vocals, Misaki, one of the guitarists, Ayumi on guitarist, Haru as uh, bassist, and Natsumi is the drummer. So Ayumi and Natsumi are the most recent members to join in 2019. Before that, so they actually had a couple members in the past, and Misa was one of the former guitarists, and she actually left in 2018. And then Mitsudu, one of the other guitarists, and Kai, the drummer, had left the group in 2019. So that's when Ayumi and Natsumi joined, and Misaki ended up joining in 2018. So just to give you an idea of the members' past and the band's past. So their style is a combination of metal, progressive rock, and power metal, which makes their exact genre difficult to pinpoint. Since metal can go into so many different categories, I just say a metal band because they they're very good about changing their style of metal and they have such a variety that I it's I cannot pinpoint exactly what kind of metal they are I would say for me it depends on the song so the power Brideer brings to the music scene I think is immense you hear a lot of the guitars and I say dueling guitars because when they are both together Ayumi and Misaki I mean, you can just hear both of them just going at it. And when you got Haru adding in her bass in there, it is just amazing. And I love Kimi's vocals. They are so smooth, empowering, and just not semi sharpness in the drums. Each member brings something to Brideer that makes them powerful and makes you remember them. The, the first track I heard by them, I'm like, I really like this group and it was cool and I was just blown away and I wanted to hear more from them and I will say I'm not the only person who you know fell in love with them and you could tell they've not just taken Japan by storm with their impactful music but they've also taken Europe by storm 
So in 2017, they actually had their first live concert in Europe. And ever since then, besides 2020 and everything going on, they have performed uh, in 11 countries, including Metal Mot City in 2019, which was Europe's first J-Metal music festival. And that is a big deal. I mean, performing in Europe, 11 different countries, and they have a tour planned in the UK, EU this year. This year, I wish if I could go, I would love to see them. I know they're going to be in the Netherlands, and they would be an amazing band. So, and this year in 2021, they recently signed to Setsuzoku Records and released their first international album titled Bloody Bride, which is currently available in the UK, EU. It is also available on all digital streaming platforms. So I, I I love that you can listen to them anywhere, not just physically, but also digitally. And I'm going to highlight one of my favorite tracks, which is Ghoul. It is a very engaging song. And Kimmy's vocals pierce through your soul. And Misaki and Ayumi are just mesmerizing on the guitar. The riffs stay with you even after the song is over, leave you wanting more. And like I said, it's the first song I heard by them and it left a lasting impression on me due to how each of the girls put their all into the song and I just fell in love with it and I really did want to hear more and listen to that whole album which is entitled Expose Your Emotions which is fantastic and from there I decided to start at the beginning of their works and I just fell in love. And one of the other tracks that I found very interesting, and I didn't know what to think of it, but I ended up loving it, and it's Light in the Dark. And the reason I say it's interesting is Kimmy adds screaming in it. And I like my screamo occasionally, and I like what Kimmy does with it because it is, screamo is a very hard thing to do and get right and make it fit with a song. There are ones that I love, ones that I don't, but Kimmy does a good job of combining the screaming with her vocals and having that perfect balance in there, making Light in the Dark very well done. And not to mention, I think the composition fits perfectly with it. And this whole track flows, and it just... There's just something about the mixture and what they did with it. And Light isn't Light in the Dark isn't the only song you do hear some screamo in it. And I'm okay with that. I like that. I like that occasionally you hear it because it shows Kimmy's vocal range that she can do both. She can sing and she can add that screaming in it, which a lot of bands can't always do that. It's usually one person does one thing, one person does the other. And she does it all for the vocals. So the their newest track, Bloody Bride, and this is one I found very interesting. It is featured, it is, of course, the headlining song on their Bloody Bride, Bloody Bride album. It is part of their international debut. And the, the guitar riffs, the heavy drums, Kimmy's rich vocals just bring this track to life. And it sticks with you. I just, I think the guitar riffs were a big part of it for me. And how everything flows. I also think this is a great debut song to bring to an international audience. This is one I could hear being played at Point Fest or Warp Tour. And I I I think that's amazing for hearing Bright Ear, who they've been working hard. And you can tell they have perfected their craft. 
And that's one of the things I do love about them. And you can just hear that in all their albums. And the other thing I like is you can hear their change in guitars and depending on the song, what they do and how some of the chords have changed over time. But I I love their presence because it's filled with emotion and power and their music just brings something to me. I mean, it's very heavy. And that's the one thing for metal. It's always been heavy for me. But they also reminded me of American, or not American band. They are actually a metal band from Europe, and it's Bullet for My Valentine. I'm a huge fan of them, and I've been for a long time. So they kind of remind me of the female version of Bullet for My Valentine. And they just brought something to me, brought those emotions. And not just by their vocals and their compositions, but their lyrics. They just have something, right here is something special. That brought me back to one of the reasons I do love metal. I do enjoy it. And I don't always listen to it. But when I do, I just fall head over heels. And Bright Deer made me do that again. So currently they have three albums. Uh, Barite, Expose Your Emotions, and Bloody Bride. Three mini albums, Overturn the Doom, Helix, and Rise. Two singles, Thread of the Light, Slash Roulette, and Light in the Dark, Slash No Salvation. And one digital single, Ignite. And you can check out their official website, Twitter, Instagram, and a music video for Bloody Bright on our site. But before we go, great. I know metal isn't really your thing. However, I'm very curious to hear what you thought of Bright Ear. Yeah, it was... I'm One, I'm glad you picked them because I know metal is such a huge genre and it's one that I've felt for a long time that we don't touch on enough, but I just, I have tried and tried and tried to like metal. I just, and the harder I try, just the more it escapes me. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you picked up that metal torch, Luna, and are carrying it for us. I, I really appreciate that. That being said, Bright Ear, I, I went into it. I was actually expecting to really not in- enjoy my time with them. And I wound up enjoying it more than I was expecting, which I was pleasantly surprised. There was only a couple of tracks that I wound up really liking overall, but for the most part, I found them to be pretty solid. It just not for me. I I think the guitar work is done really well. I think, and you can really hear a difference in the guitar work from their first album, Byright. Uh, to their latest album, which is Bloody Bride. Like, there is a wider shift in the guitar. And I actually kind of like the older guitar work a bit more in in, um, Bar Right. But Bloody Bride, it's... The guitar work on Bloody Bride is pretty decent. I'm talking about the album, not the song. And, you know, I can see why they're popular. I can see why they have the fan base that they do. Uh, the two songs that I wound up really enjoying was You off of their Expose Your Emotions album. That is a really solid track. And that one's the least metal song I heard them do. Like, it's just a pretty good ballad. And I wound up really enjoying that. I thought that was a really good song. Uh, the other track that I wound up enjoying, surprisingly enough, is the Bloody Bride track on their Bloody Bride album. I I, I thought it was fun. And the, I think metal forgets to be fun a lot of the times. Maybe I just listen to bad metal. I don't know. 
But I thought Bloody Bride was pretty fun, and I I really wound up liking it for that reason. So uh, those are like the two standout tracks that I enjoyed that I, I would say I I would recommend. But if I will say if you're into metal and you haven't listened to Brideer, I would recommend checking them out. If if you're not into metal like me, I don't know if this is the group to recommend. Maybe. Uh, there are some types of metals I enjoy more than others. Uh, their style of metal tends to be in the high, especially off of their Bloody Bride album, it tends to be in like the higher registry. And I I don't know. It, it's it's not for me, but overall, I, I think uh, it was um, a pretty solid pick, and uh, I'm glad you picked them, Luna. I'm glad you found some tracks that you enjoyed by them. And there's one that I didn't mention in the site that I did want to mention on here. And I know, Gray, me and you talked about it offhand. But it is a track called You, and it is a ballad. And it's one of these songs that you don't hear the heaviness as much. And I love that Brideer did a song like You because it showcases their talents. And they're for most people who think metal is all noise... Listen to you because it will change your mind on that. So, but I, I'm really glad you found a few songs that you enjoyed and and that maybe it'll, it, you'll, you'll find a few more, you know, later on. So I am curious to hear Ken's thoughts on him. So when we talk, I'm going to be asking that because it's, I would say they're not out of my norm for picking them, but I had so much fun with Bright Ear and I look forward to listening to more of their music and also finding other artists like them. Yeah, thank you, Luna, for picking them. It was a very interesting pick and I'm glad we were able to spread our wings into the metalverse. Yeah, of course, you're welcome. So with that, we are going to move on to the Oricon, which was an interesting week to say the least. And we are going to start with number 10. It is Dynamite by BTS. And nothing more we can say. It sold a total of 25,493 points. And moving on to number 9. We got Dry Flower by Yuri. Again, nothing more we can say. Sold a total of 26,806 points. And funny thing is, is Dryflower and Dynamite actually switched spots from last week because they were flip-flopped. And moving on to number eight, we got Fushigi and Sozo by Hoshino Gen. And I know we dived into Fushigi and Sozo a little bit more last week. So you can check out our initial thoughts of all three of us, the tripod, together discussing it. But I don't think there's nothing, nothing more we can stay. I still think Fushigi is the best out of there. And I think the single as a whole is fantastic. So Fushigi Sozo sold a total of 29,191 points. And we are going to move on to number seven. In which we have Superhero by Axis. And this is a brand new one. We have not... And it's exciting, Gray. I want to hear your thoughts on Superhero because this is more your type of group. It is a nine-member male idol group. Yeah, it is a it is a very interesting track, and it 
I will say I wound up liking it. I, I didn't fall in love with it, and I've heard it a couple of more times uh, since since it, it was revealed, and it it grows on me each time I listen to it. So I I might go back and add this to my library at at this moment. It's not in my library yet, but it it's it's pretty much typical boy idols, and that that is both good and bad. I think the things that make this song really good are also some of the things that really hurt it because it is it's a very solid boy idol song but it's it is by the numbers and so it kind of blends in a little bit it's a little forgettable but uh the guy's vocals is really good they have great harmony and it's really this fun upbeat number that can be kind of infectious i did wind up liking some of the b tracks a bit more uh, Showtime specifically was my favorite track on this release. I thought that was fantastic. That's the second track on on there. Uh, Bang Bang uh, Bon Bon uh, Bungie is pretty decent. I I still think Showtime was better. And yeah, I I think these guys are good. It'll be interesting to see where they go and how they evolve, but. As it stands, superhero. It's it's a solid track. Like I said, I liked it. I didn't love it, and I I might add it. I don't know. I sometimes I'll go back and add uh, songs after the show. I'm I might do that with this one. I haven't made up my mind yet. So we'll I'll let you know in two weeks. But uh, I am curious, Luna. How did you like Superhero by Axis? So, Superhero was okay. I I thought it was a fun track. I do agree with you. I think Showtime is the better song on the single. But I will... It, it's, it's a very hyper, upbeat, typical male idol song. And I'm just going to be straightforward with that. It Superhero actually seems to me... It, it reminds me of an opening to anime theme song. I think it's because of all the energy that the all the boys put forth in it that gives me that oomph that it would maybe be part of a rom-com or one of those like slice of life but the really like really hyper happy ones. And that's the vibe it gives off to me. I will say superhero or axis at least the single isn't for me. I think it's okay if you like your male idol groups though. I can easily see why you would love Access and Superhero. So, I mean, I'm glad to see them on here and for us to get to check them out as it's very interesting to see male idols who are not Johnny's. And I feel like we see them, but we don't. So it's a great way to visit, visit our male idols. And I do look forward to seeing what else they'll do next. Just because I think Superhero's an okay track but i would like to hear more what they can do in the future i'd love to see hear them do a ballad because i think they have great vocals and for me i'd like to more see of that than this hyper happy go lucky type of track yeah this song is at 11 so i totally get your what you're saying there luna oh yeah it, it's a lot of energy there we go that's the word it is a very energetic song. A little above my energy level. Let's put it that way. So, but with that, 
Superhero by Access sold a total of 31,113 points. And moving on to, I'm just going to call it an Oricon favorite right now. And it is Kaibutsu slash Yasashi Suisei by Yao Sobi. There's really nothing more we, which we can say about this. So we can said so. Kaibutsu Yasashi Suisei sold a total of 32,252 points. And we now see the reason, one of the reasons that's still on there. We got Sangen, uh, Sangen Shoku by Yao Sobi, AK Three Primary Colors, AK on Apple Music, RGB, Red, Green, Blue. So this is their latest track, and I, I'll start with this. I do like Yao Sobi. They released two songs in the same day, and Sangen Shoku was one of them. The other one was into the night and they both release on july 2nd digitally so i personally liked into the night better i think it's because i like the piano at the beginning of that and they are vastly different songs so sungen shoku is a more chill track and i like the use of the guitar i think the composition is very good it is also very yaosobi i would say by the numbers yaosobi you know it's going to end up on the charts that's the type of song it is for me. I did hit the plus on it because I love Yao Sobi. I love the chill music they do. I also think their compositions are brilliant. So, but I'm disappointed Into the Night isn't on here because that was my favorite of the two. However, I'm sure that'll pop up at some point. But Gray, I'm curious to see, to hear what you thought of San Sangen Shoku. Yeah, it was a very interesting pick and i will say yasobi is a group who we keep talking about they keep cropping up and it's a group that i really wish i liked more than what i i really do like they have tracks that i like but none none that i love and usually the ones that i praise i never go back and add to my library and you know both tracks sungen shoku and into the night really i'm like i i like them I liked uh, Sangen Shoku a, a bit more. I think uh, it's a little safer track than Into the Night. Into the Night is a little different. It's It plays a little bit with the composition. They're trying to do something a little different with that track. And it's interesting, but it, it wasn't for me. And I don't think it's particularly bad, but I didn't care much for it. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a track. That's cool. And Sangen Shoku to me is, it's safer it's better i i like it i think it's a good song but i still don't love it and i've really hit that with the also i really have hit the i i wish i loved them more spot in in their career than what i do but like the you know song after song i'm like yeah you know they have tracks that i like but they have not dropped anything that i really love yet or anything that i really lose myself in and i'm just i don't know i i it's We'll see, we'll see what they do, but uh, if you like their old stuff, I think you'll like the new the, the new songs, but I don't know. For me, I'm, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like I'm getting a little burnt out on Yasobi, and I, I, I don't know. We'll see what they do, but I, I wish I liked this more than I did, and I, that's the biggest thing I can say about this latest release. 
I, I completely understand. We have seen a ton of Yaosobi this year. So I feel like if you aren't really into them, you're probably tired of seeing them on here. But if you really like their music, I think you're going to enjoy the uh, Sungen Shoku and Into the Night. And I, I think Sungen Shoku is a good track. It's just typical Yaosobi. So. But I completely understand where you're coming from, Gray, because... We have seen a lot of them this year, and it really, this Sungen Shoku does feel like a by-the-numbers Yaosobi track. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and, like, I, I think you had a good point that maybe, maybe maybe I'm just feeling burnout because, like I said, I've always just kind of liked them, and they, they do keep cropping up, so I'm like, eh. Maybe if they went away for a little while. I would appreciate them a bit more, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm happy for them. I'm happy with their newfound success. You know, they they came out of nowhere and they've had a it, 2020 was a stellar year. They've been able to carry that football into 2021. They're they're doing good. I'm happy for Yalsobi, but me personally, it's just it, they're just not hitting it for me. So I don't completely understand. But with that. Sungen uh, Sange Shoku by Yao Sobi sold a total of 33,300 points. And moving on to another, I will say it's new, but it's not because some of these tracks dropped digitally back in April. And this is the actual physical release that pushed this one back to the charts. And it is Heatwave by The Rampage from Exile Tribe. Gray, you being our resident Exile Tribe and, you know, Exile fan over here, what did you think of Heatwave? Yeah, Heatwave is interesting. It's, uh, it's definitely a summer track. You can really hear that. And I, I Rampage is one of those groups, man. I've really discovered that their, their B-sides are way better than their A's. This... This release is absolutely no exception. All about tonight is easily the best track on this on this EP. Heatwave is interesting. I I don't know if I would describe liking it, but it's interesting. Uh, Rampage does this to me. Like sometimes they'll they'll drop a release that I really like, and then they'll they'll be a release the next release I'm just not feeling. So I, I think this is par for the course. They they've had several digital releases this year, but this is like the first big thing that they've had really this year. And Heatwave, it's okay. It, it's a summer song. It does the job, but it's I don't know. Like it it's really weird energy. I guess is to be the best way to put it, because it wants to be laid back, but it wants to dance at the same time. And it's just like, there's this clash of ideas that doesn't work. Either you want to dance or you want to be laid back. But it has like a kind of a layback feel to it. But there's enough electronics and synthesizer in it. And that it just, it doesn't really, it, like it's a dance song at the end of the day. And, you know, I'm certain they have great dance moves to this in the music video. I haven't checked it out. But for me, this is not a dance song. This is not a song I would get up on the dance floor and dance to. It's, it needs it really needs an like an interjection of energy for, in order for me to enjoy it as far as dance music goes and it, it's just a really weird track like I said uh, all about tonight is a lot better I thought that was a wonderful track it's a much 
funner, upbeat number that is really easy to get into. And yeah, so uh, if you're listening to Heatwave and you're not feeling it, I highly recommend checking out All About Tonight, which is the second track on there. That is a lot better. And I think that is the selling point of this EP. So I agree. I, I'm i also hit or miss on the Rampage from Exile Tribe. I usually go for some of the other Exile Tribe groups before Rampage. Uh, Heatwave for me felt awkward. And I agree with you on how the composition is. You don't know if you want to dance. You, you don't know if it wants to be chill. I think the most... The one thing that did it for me was the rap. It felt out of place and very awkward. And Heatwave doesn't know what it wants to be. That is my biggest issue with it. And I wanted to like it. I really did because I love my summer dance songs. I I need that. I crave that. Having that in the summer. Heatwave didn't do it. But I will say on their B-sides, I do agree with you. I, I didn't like all their B-sides. However... I think me and you had the same opinion, actually, on um, on All About Tonight. I thought that was the best track on Heatwave. And it was fun. They had great vocals. The composition was so much better than Heatwave. It knew what it wanted to be. And that's what I... That, that, would, that would be the only track I would get from this EP, to be honest. And it's disappointing because Rampage is a group I really want to like. Is I I I think they're very talented. It's just Heatwave won't do it for you if you want to get into them. No, I am glad to see it on here so we could talk about them and bring up that about their B sides because all about tonight is fantastic. Just Heatwave has a lot of issues and I have a lot of gripes with it. It's just, it throws you off. You're sitting there like, is this the same song at parts? What are they doing? What what do they want to do? And it's unfortunate. I I will say I'm going to look forward to their next release because I'm not counting them out. I always find one track I like by them. But for me, the title song Heat Waves It Down, but All About Tonight is where to go. And with that, Heat Wave by the Rampage from Exile Tribe sold a total of 37,105 points. And moving on up to Butter by BTS moved up a few from last week. Nothing more we can say about it. You heard us all dive back into butter last week. So if you want to hear all three of the tripod on that, check out last week's episode. With that, Butter by BTS sold a total of 43,747 points. And moving on up to one of our favorites, well, maybe mine and Ken's favorite vocalist. It is Pale Blue by Yunesu Kenshi. And there really isn't much more we can say about Pale Blue. I think uh, last week's episode where we had the tripod on, we all dived right into Pale Blue as a whole single. And you can hear our initial thoughts then. I still like it. However, it's definitely not his best track, especially after revisiting Stray Sheep. But Pale Blue did make me go back and and pull out my Stray Sheep album, make me love it even more. But with that, Pale Blue by Yunosa Kenshi this week sold a total of 61,428 points. And moving on up to number one, it is Burn by News. And I think I can talk for both of us that this is the best song of the week. And it's definitely bringing that summer heat because you can tell we had some fire up in this joint. 
and I I loved it. I lo- I enjoy news's tracks in general, but this has to be one of my favorites. I think the composition is fantastic. The rap is great. Their vocals, everything about Burn just made me love it. And I wish this was streaming in internationally. Gray, I want to hear your thoughts because I know we both were very hyped about this. Yeah, this song is fantastic. Easily the song of the week. I, I don't I don't think it's much of a contest. And this is just this is the polar opposite of Heatwave. This song one knows exactly what it wants to be and it leans into it and it sounds so good. It's upbeat, it's fun. It's got a great composition. These guys really know how to sing. They sing really well. That has a killer rap in it. And my God, if I was not strapped for cash, it would be on my, it'd be on the way to where I live right now because my Lord, this was an amazing release. And the minute and 20 second video on JStorm's official YouTube page is not nearly enough. It, it is just enough to wet that, that palate, that appetite that just makes you rush out and buy it. I absolutely love this track and you know it, it's this it's a really lively fun summer track and you know we really haven't had that many summer tracks to talk about this year this is really like the first week where we've had a lot of summer tracks and this is like the only one that's really worth its its time so uh, if you can pick this up definitely I recommend it it's really good I absolutely loved and adored this track I think news just knocks it out of the park and I am very hyped for their next release. As soon as I get some income coming in, I'm probably going to pick up news. I don't know which type I'm going to like, which pre-release type I'm going to, or single type I'm going to get, but I am going to definitely pick this up because it is insanely good and really got me hyped. So good job there. I agree with that as well. I think Burn by News is fantastic. And I am considering picking up a physical copy of this because I loved it that much. I'm trying to hinder my spending this month because of some sales that have been going on and the new Halloween 4Ks that were just announced. So, but Burn is on my list to buy because this is a great track. I highly recommend it. The music video is available on YouTube. I'd suggest watching it there and checking it out. I wouldn't miss it. I And I cannot wait to hear Ken's thoughts on it. So I hope this stays on the charts. But, I mean, with that, News annihilated everyone with Burn. They burned them. So Burn by News sold a total of 147,859 points. And we are going to peek over to the album side as it was an interesting week. It felt pretty not very salesy. So we still got Kenshi Stray Sheep on there. I I cannot believe it. It's almost been on here for a year. We got another month to go. I can't see it going anywhere with Pale Blue being released. We also got still got NCT Dream with Hot Sauce. Got 2PM with their Must Be 2PM Volume 7 and... Wow, they're still together. I need to check this out because I miss 2 p.m. And we got Vivi, the Fluorite Eye Song Vocal Collection, Sing Your Smile by Various Artists. It is an Anamuse. 
It is for the TV an, uh, TV anime, VV, Fluoride Eye Song, if you're wondering. So that did very well. Glad to see that on here. We also got uh, the mu- uh, musical, and it is, of course, our lovely one. I know, Gray, you like them. It is Token Rambu, Bakumatsu Ten Okami Suto by Token Rambu Danshi Team. Shinsengumi with Wachisu Kotetsu. So, glad to see Token Rambo on here with our husbandos. They've been doing very, very well lately. And I like their musical stage plays. I think they're fun. And we got Jay June on here. And it's an interesting one. Because it is a soundtrack for the movie Jay June on the Road. And... I'm like, that's kind of cool. He had his own little movie special, and they have the soundtrack on here. So good for him. We also got Your Choice by Seventeen still hanging in there. We got Rosalia, so you know Ken's excited about this. And it is the... It's pretty much... I'm trying to think how to translate it. Movie version. Geeky uh, Jolban. And it is Bang Dream. Bang Dream episode of the Rosalia theme song collection. So, Ken, I know you bought this. I'm excited about hearing your thoughts on it, but good for Rosalia. Clapping my hand silent hu- silently over here. We still got twice. It tasted love on here. And number one, still there. BTS, the best. No big surprise. I think this is going to hang in there for a little while. It's just interesting sale-wise because it sold more last week, but it's still, it's going down. I'm just surprised it hasn't sold more than it has. But there's still plenty of time because, as you can tell, BTS has really been dominating lately. So, with that, we want to thank everyone so much for listening to today's episode. We want to let you know to check out our website at ongakudu.com. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter at ongakudu along with our Instagram and Facebook page. We want to give a big shout out to all of our affiliates. We got Kyoru Hunter, who is a American and Japanese Twitch streamer. I say that because he plays a lot of Japanese retro and horror games, along with some American ones in there. And you can follow him at twitch.tv slash Kyoru Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out Timber Traft, who is not only a Twitch streamer, but a vocalist in his own right. You can follow him at twitch.tv slash Timber Taft, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also follow my sister, Rosalie, who has been streaming Monster Hunter, Pokemon Snap, and a few other things on there. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainstarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also follow Fangirl Has No Name. She has been going through all the Zeldas lately from Cracked as Breath of the Wild. So you can follow her at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. And last but not least, it is Ken, our usual host. You can follow him on the Twitterverse at O-T-Y-Ken1, O-T-Y-K-E-N-1, where he mainly tweets about Bang Dream, Aina Iba, Bang Dream, and more Aina Iba. And don't forget about the podcast that Kyo, Timber, and Fang- Fangirl, and Ken do called Potosaurus, where they discuss various video games in the industry. And you can follow that on all podcast streaming services by looking up Kyoto Hunter.
And Gray, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at omagakugreywart without what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. So if you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. And you can find me on several streaming platforms, such as, I'm going to start with Instagram, at NerdyCollectorLuna. And you can follow me on Twitter, my anime list, Kitsu, Anime Planet, and Letterboxd at LunaMaria87. There you can follow what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I'm tweeting about. And right now it's mainly about horror with the new Halloweens being released. Hyped and also Destroy the Brain has some awesome events coming up if you live in the Midwest. So check me out there. And with that, that concludes today's show. So we just want to give a big thank you to everyone listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And it will be Dos Compadres next week. Just giving you that heads up there. But we are looking forward to another fun show. Thank you for staying tuned as always. Hope you have a great rest of your week. This is Luna signing off. Jamatane. And this is great. Hope everybody enjoys next time. I'll be out of town uh, next week. So enjoy Ken and Luna. And I will be back in two weeks. Bye-bye.